Thank you for joining the podcast. I do realize there are so many options available and the fact that you chose to listen to this podcast means a lot to me. My name is Sharon Feckety. I am the host of the Dr. Whisperer Show. I am also the founder of the Dr. Whisperer. So basically, I am the Dr. Whisperer. We are going to navigate through the business of medicine together. We're going to feature some doctors, some healthcare attorneys, some patients, some practice managers, people that will help you navigate through this industry. So thanks for joining us. If you are enjoying the podcast and you think somebody else could benefit from it, share it with them or write a review or both. Thanks again. 2021, we're coming for you and we're going to get through this together. everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Whisperer Show. I have with me today orthopedic surgeon extraordinaire, don't judge him because he's from Kentucky, Dr. Jason Hunt. And that's just a dig. I mean, I love <laughs> Don't judge her because she's from New York. So right. we're all in Tampa. We're right. all in Florida now. <laughs> right. So um, Dr. Hunt, it's really good to have you. You were on the show mid-pandemic. I don't know. Um, we were talking a lot more about really the focus was on the pandemic and what was happening and getting lots of healers to jump in and um, talk about what we could do to be a resource, which we still want to do, of course, always. But um, Dr. Jason Hunt has been up to some things that I'm super curious about. So we're all going to learn about it together here today. Um, and before we get started, there's only one orthopedic surgeon I recommend to, and it is Dr. Jason Hunt. So um, he is not paying me to say that. Yeah, that's not even a paid advertisement, but it and sounded just not, like one. So, But it is true any time that anybody asks me. Now, knowing that you're in Pinellas County, whew, that's phenomenal. Love that. In St. Pete, we're going to hear about that location too. But um, I've always been an advocate for you as a human and then you as a doctor. And uh, to me, that makes a very dangerously good combination. So with all that said, all that niceness, no more. Welcome to the show. <laughs> well, thanks. That's uh, too kind, but um, I appreciate it. We are hopefully pivoting away from all the conversation we had yes. before about how do you survive in a pandemic? And hopefully we can see the other end of it and uh, find our new normal. It's not going to be like it used to be. That's for sure. And I don't, I don't think that's all bad, though. So hopefully we'll chat about that a little bit today. Yes, I don't ever want to go back to whatever that was, that mess of a, a world that we were living in not so long ago. So my parents are on their way right now to get their second vaccine. So, nice. so you know, things are looking up, right? So let's yeah, see. Yeah, for sure. All right. I got a bunch of questions for you, Dr. Hunt. You, um, when we met, you opened your first location, OrthoLinks, up in, you know, what I used to say, you know, <laughs> East Bum Bubble, um, right near USF. I told you every time I drove there that I had jet lag um, because I am in Pinellas County. And now you have spread your wings so far that I don't, I can't even keep up with you. So tell us about the latest adventures with uh, opening up St. Pete, opening up in Kentucky, and um, yeah, and, and, um, and more. I'm sure there's a lot more. And there is. <laughs> so the St. Pete, um, we had always uh, had a, a business model to have a triangle of clinics inside of the Tampa Bay area. And when COVID hit, it really put that um, on speed dial. We had to do something to respond to 
from a business standpoint, if you shut down elective surgery for six weeks, and then I ended up with COVID, so I'm quarantined for two weeks, we really had to pivot pretty fast and make a game plan. And it really sped up our, I think we probably could have been a little uh, more aggressive early, but COVID really forced that. And we had to do something in order. Really, initially, it was just a financial response to what was happening. We needed to get more patients and have exposure to more people in order to continue to thrive as a business. So it really sped that up. And then I was lucky enough that uh, the stars aligned pretty fast to find our new physician, Dr. Ranellis. So she was kind of looking a little bit and I really, not to plug LinkedIn, but I posted on LinkedIn in like six minutes, she's responding and it really was a great match really early. So it's not uh, wrong to plug in LinkedIn. It's only the second uh, biggest platform for organic reach dare I yeah. say, somebody who owns yeah. a social media company, that really worked. So good for you. Yeah. So it really worked for us. And it was just a freak deal where I hadn't planned on posting on LinkedIn. I was on another service and, but I got this email, Hey, post your free job. We'll boost it for a day. And then it only took a day to find Dr. Ranella. So thank God for that. <laughs> and so she started now uh, in January, started the first of January. He's been here a month and we're really uh, trying to get our uh, feet on the ground and expand in a new clinic. So in order to do that, we went to a new market. So you know how painful it is for people in Pinellas to drive to Fletcher. And it just, to be honest, it just doesn't happen unless they, unless they're really uh, needing our services. And so we started in, in Central Avenue and in St. Pete, and we started just one day a week there to tr start to grow the business um, and really trying to get out the word that there's a new option on that side of the bay um same level of care same philosophy that we've always had nothing's changed from that standpoint we're always going to be the same to the core we're just expanding out to a different market and trying to provide those same services to the people of pinellas county now and then um right, kind well, of a, a st pete for a minute let's just okay for a second so you're on central avenue which is like you know the hub of all the great food and all the great art and now all the great doctors, right? So a lot of people, once I told them that you were in Tampa and then I would go like next to <laughs> kind of Tampa, they, you know, were always asking me for another option. So really, really happy that you're open in St. Pete at least one day a week. And what day of the week is that? It's on Fridays. Uh, right. So we're there every Friday. Okay, great. And are you going there or is it just your new physician? It's both of us right now. So Dr. Ranellis and myself, we're kind of spending some time together in all the clinics to kind of not necessarily just uh, spread culture, but also just make sure that we end up on the same page. Because when we started with the model that we had of having a non-operative doc kind of be the the hub of the clinic, uh, we want to make sure that every, everybody understands it's not that you're not seeing Dr. Hunt or seeing OrthoLinks. It's that we work on a team together. So we're to be honest, it's like a you add a new member to your team and we spend some time figuring out how those personalities match, but also how we work best together as a team to make sure that the same level of care that you get in Fletcher becomes the exact same level of care that you get in St. Pete. Awesome. I can't wait to visit your new spot. All right. Um, so let's talk about Kentucky. How did that yeah. happen? I can't even believe it, actually. <laughs> you can't believe it. We talked about it for a long time. Yeah, you can't go back. We're not going to let Yeah, you. there's no there's no plans to do that. Uh, but what happened is, and we've been anticipating this day for a very long time, but January 1st, there was an executive order that hit, that came in order that hospitals ended up having to post their prices. Mm -hmm. 
online. And then the way that works is they had to post 30 of the prices that CMS required and then 70 other shoppable items that patients can look at. And that can be something as simple as a lab test, anything the hospital wanted to post, they were allowed to post. And then the other component to it, which is a very important, is they had to post their minimal allowable and their maximum allowable based on commercial insurances. So this is the very first time we've been able to peel back the layer and look at a hospital, not just charge, we know hospital charges are high, but they are actual allowable with insurance companies. And so I grew up in Kentucky and I grew up in a rural part of Kentucky. If you draw a line down the middle part of the state and go east of I-75, which cuts the state in half, it's a massive land area, but there are zero private practice orthopedic surgeons in the entire Eastern half of the state mm, wow. and zero ambulatory surgery centers mm -hmm. in the Eastern half of the state. So what that creates is small pockets of monopolies that hospitals control. Sure. We knew that numbers were going to come out. Hospitals made a choice whether they were going to comply or not comply with posting these prices. The ones that complied and posted the prices, we were ready for that. We got all of that information and it became almost like, um, it became very personal pretty fast when you saw how much the hospital was hurting the people who got services in that area. So for me, in my hometown, that hospital system owns all of the specialties. Every single specialty is a is an employee of the hospital. Mm -hmm. and, a, and a simple example is a knee injection that cost $70 in my clinic was costing $1,700 or $2,000 at oh, the hospital. And if we, we started doing the math on that, and then we're talking about, you know, we're in the middle of COVID, families are hurting, uh, something needs to happen from a financial standpoint. And the person who is supposed, I mean, the company is a champion of employing people in that town is actually killing their own people financially. And so we just, I decided almost instantly, I'm doing something about it. I'm going to be very bold about it. And I'm going to show up and create a ton of enemies, but not care because it's the right thing to do for the patients. Right. Um, and so we literally have mapped out where we're going to put clinics inside of Kentucky. And we're, and our plan is very simple, show up, provide five-star care, post our prices. Mm. And essentially we wanna take away the acuity. If, if your procedure or your orthopedic problem can be taken care of somewhere other than the hospital, then let's do that. Because number one, it's better for your pocketbook. Number two, it's just the typical thing that you get when you have, when you're in the city and you're in the Tampa Bay area, there's surgery centers everywhere. There's lower cost uh, care at a higher acuity than there is when you go to the rural areas of Kentucky. So we, we essentially pitch that we're bringing city orthopedics to the country. Mm. In order for us to be able to do that, the key component without question was telemedicine. Like it played a key role because now I can spread myself between two states in a way that I could never do that before because right. I can't be in Kentucky, you know, seeing patients on Tuesday and being Tampa operating on Wednesday. It's yeah. not possible. So tell me so how it works then right now with you being in Kentucky. Yeah, so uh, we're not. So we the brick and mortar part of it in Kentucky is not open yet. So we're uh, working on a lease. We're, uh, we have the business plan in place. We're actually interviewing physicians mm -hmm. to become. So the plan is we'll find a physician who wants to live in that particular town. And let's just say, well, let's not say any names right now, but let's say it's, it's a town in Kentucky. 
-hmm. And we're looking for someone who wants to integrate into that small town and live there, raise their family there. And they'll become the staple of our OrthoLinks footprint mm -hmm. in that particular town. And then we're also doing that in triangles. So three different towns. Now what changes is, this is a complete change in the model of how orthopedic care is delivered. Because previously, if you lived in one of those rural towns, if you wanted specialized orthopedic care, you traveled to the city. Mm -hmm. So you go to Lexington, you go to Louisville, Cincinnati. Louisville. We're flipping that model and bringing the surgeons to the small towns. And so the surgeons will live wherever they want to live inside the state, but we're literally flipping the model and bringing them to the people uh, in the small towns and, and meeting them at that clinic. But that's only possible by integrating telemedicine and allowing the surgeon to see multiple people in multiple small towns at the same time. So during a day, we may see five, six, seven people from five, six, seven different towns in Kentucky and then coordinate their surgical care if it's indicated on the days that we're in that particular town. So by doing that, we free the surgeon to be mobile and live wherever the surgeon wants to live. Because to be honest with you, one of the issues is, is to hire very talented orthopedic surgeons. A lot of them don't want to live in these small towns, like they want to live in the city. And so it really opens up our ability to hire very talented surgeons and still bring them to people versus say, we have our, our office here, you have to come and see us. So it, it helps both people it provides our service to the patients but then also allows them to stay closer to home and we're going to do that in a pretty innovative way we, we're going to have an rv with an office in the back of it set up with telemedicine and you know if the surgeon has to be in a certain town at a certain period of time they're going to have a driver show up come pick them up they'll work on the way there and work on the way back um and it's going to be the way mobile. that we can use mobile. yeah it's very mobile it's like a yeah, I mean, we obviously have to have a brick and mortar place to do the surgery. Uh, and uh, but other than that, it's going to be like we're coming to you and we're bringing talented people to you in a way that you've never had before at a price that's almost like one tenth of the price that you currently pay for the service that you have. So let me ask you a question. How? Um, Hey, quick interruption on this amazing podcast, but we have to tell you about our awesome sponsor, Thai Technology. They are so cool, and they're here in Tampa Bay, if you're a Tampa Bay listener. Thai Technology is the best voice over IP business phone service company out there. How do I know this? I used to work in telecom before I worked with doctors. That's right. So I know me a good phone system when I see it. Plus, they are integrated with Zoom. They are the only ones that are integrated with Zoom. And if you mention this podcast or you mention the Facebook show, they're going to hook you up with three months for free. Follow them on Facebook and on Instagram. Thai Technology Rocks. Has telehealth changed you and your practice? I think for me, it's done good things and bad things. Uh, the good things is it has allowed me to... Um, Open up in Kentucky? It for sure, no doubt. That's what I was going to say. It opens me up to a business model that was never in my mindset. Like we never would be able to pull it off without telemedicine. The bad thing it's done is, is I'm a people person. I like looking people in the eye and seeing people as well. So it's been a transition for me to say, I'm going to see you on the phone. But I mean, we live there right now. So it's just me being hardheaded, mm -hmm. thinking like I need to see you across the room. And there's, there's an appropriate time for that, actually. Uh, and that's never going to go away. 
Um, but there's also sometimes where it's like, I would rather see you on my lunch hour at work than drive to Fletcher Avenue at lunchtime. Right. And uh, so that's a huge advantage for patients too. And we let, I think we let the patients drive that decision rather than let the physicians drive it. And if you need to see me, then we'll figure that out. If well, telemedicine you know, like, is good for you. Anymore. I'm going to interrupt you right now. I'm going to do that a lot. You might be from Kentucky, yeah. but I'm from New York, right? This is the battle of, of since our relationship began a few years ago. Um, there, the, the patient demand is all that matters. Consumer demand is driving business everywhere. So yeah. it doesn't even, no matter what anybody thinks out there, um, as a, a physician, a practice owner, somebody that's looking to open up new locations, the patient has gotten real comfortable with what we're doing right now, which is over Zoom, right? So yeah, we, we, really, sure. we have to mold to what the market dictates, not what we think is a good idea. So I'm so glad your stubborn head decided to, to make that move. Well, it must have been a shift for everybody around you. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it, you get the same me, uh, but it's oh, just, it's a know. change in the. I'm not saying that I know they're getting the same you. There's an impossible way of you to change that. But you being able to adapt to do sure, something yeah. different, you know, is sometimes the hardest thing. For yeah, for sure. I think people who don't adapt are going to get left behind. There's no question. Sure. If you try to do it the traditional way, you're, you're going to lose business. You are going to lose. So um, I want to talk about that insurance thing because I'm a huge fan of what you are doing with being very transparent with what you charge as an orthopedic surgeon and listing your prices. Your, that's in the works for you right now where that fee schedule is going to be appropriately positioned, I assume somewhere on your website and all of your social media. So talk us through that. Yeah, we made a decision to, uh, to go from um, this mystery that happens when you break your ankle or you have shoulder pain and you know you have this insurance card and on your insurance card you'll find a copay that's about it uh, that you'll find on your insurance card so you're hoping that uh, this shoulder pain doesn't bankrupt you but you're not sure if it may or may not bankrupt you based on what your perception of what if you have to have a surgery if you need an injection so we made a decision that to correlate with the hospital posting their prices why don't we require physicians to post their prices as well? And there's no legal requirement for that currently. Uh, we're trying to lead the charge and really put the power back into the patient's hands and say, this is the maximum amount that you're going to be charged if you see us. Mm -hmm. It may be less than that if your insurance contract uh, for your discount for your insurance is let's say United Healthcare versus Aetna versus Blue Cross. There may be a different price, but there's no question that this is the maximum amount that you would be charged uh, out of your pocket. Um, we're in a place now that deductibles are huge, $5,000, $7,000, $10,000 deductibles. And all that means is you don't have insurance until you meet your deductible. And the only thing you've done, and it's not your fault, usually it's usually the employer's plan or the insurance that you get, you've allowed an insurance company and a physician group or physician to negotiate your prices without your input. Because if I'm a great negotiator, I'm able to go to United Healthcare, get a great contract from them for whatever reason, you know, whatever my negotiating point is, you have no control over that. You, you just came to a place that was a great negotiator and you're gonna pay more for my services than you would pay for someone else's services. So we're going to 
put our foot on the accelerator and literally pressure the patients to pressure the physicians to post their prices. So let's just like it just for a minute um, for the, the patient and for the employee. So through this pandemic, I've had a lot of friends and colleagues reach out to me um, about some of the same issues surrounding where they are with their jobs. So a lot of people, as you can imagine, are very unhappy in their jobs. But one of the main reasons that people stay in their jobs today is because of their health insurance benefits. So that conversation has been, um, I can't leave, I'm miserable, this is a toxic environment because I need these employee health benefits. Um, and so I've been talking to them more so about you know, catastrophic plans um, just in case that, that huge thing happens. But most of it is like, what if I get into a car wreck and I need surgery? They just, in their minds, they're like, oh, that's $600,000 and I'm never going to be able to pay that. So that is a, is a real um, advantage today for people to know that there are surgeons like you, who you'll be the only one, I'm sure, for a long time that has the courage um, and the empathy to be able to post that because you've never been about um, the price. You've always been about, you're gonna do the surgery if the patient actually needs it, which is not what everybody thinks an orthopedic surgeon does. We've had this talk many times. Sure. You just, you just want to line people up and, you know, cut into them. Um, that's yeah. Yeah. True. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's a perception that's real though. It is very real. So um, I think it's great. I think that people need to know that this transparency is going to be so helpful because I do think people have a very irrational sense of what something should cost. So I'll just give an example. We just had a patient has doesn't have insurance mm -hmm. and uh, had a broken bone and in their brain thought it doesn't matter what the outcome is. There's no chance I'm going to be able to afford the surgery. So just do whatever you need to do. Let me go home and be crippled. Right. And uh, because I don't want to be financially crippled right. by this uh, particular situation. And I, I'm bold enough to open the conversation like, hey, are you just acting weird because you don't think you can afford it? Or is it because, you know, what's going on? Because it's not typically how we deal with this issue. And they literally said, like, I thought it was going to be like 50000 mm -hmm. and I don't have $50,000. Uh, because the reason we think that is because that is reality in some parts of the world. Like, okay. we start talking about, uh, let's pick on East Kentucky again the same surgery that I do for $4,000 may cost $25,000 at a hospital in Kentucky. And it's just insane. I mean, it makes no sense. Yeah. Um, and so having that out now, there's three components to a orthopedic surgery uh, endeavor. One of them is the, the professional fee, which is what I get paid. The other is a facility fee. So the, where we do the surgery, that's typically the largest of the cost. And then there's an anesthesia fee. So for the anesthesiologist or, or CRNA. Um, so that's the other thing that we're going to really push on. We're going to do our surgeries well, in places. Well, what CRNA is, Doc, for, for the average Joe that might be listening that doesn't understand what Yeah, it's a nurse is. anesthetist. So uh, it's, it's a nurse who's trained to provide anesthesia services. Thank you. Um, so we're going to start operating at places that are willing to also post their prices. So you have the full Monty, you know, every penny that you could potentially have to spend. And if those surgery centers don't want to do that, then they're not going to get our business. 
we're only going to go to places that are going to be open to posting their prices. And if there's some nasty secret and some big contract they don't want to disclose, then they'll have to find another surgeon to operate there. So mm. we're going to be, uh, I want everyone to know almost to a penny how much it's going to cost for this endeavor. And then you can become an informed consumer. You can make your own decisions. If you still decide that your knee doesn't hurt $10,000 worth of pain, then that's okay. You were informed. Mm. Uh, if it's because you thought it was going to be $100,000 and that's not okay. That, but that's the that's the current environment we live in. It's a gamble. You show up, and then the medical debt is crippling in this country. Like we're in the United States, and medical debt ruins people's lives like crazy. Oh my God. I just watched sixty minutes Sunday night, and it was about um, you know it's devastating, right? To think of all the people that have been lost over four hundred thousand people, and um, one story in particular was about a woman who had um, been proposed to on a cruise ship, very excited in 2019. And then 2020, um, her fiance died. And so that's horrible. And then to have a funeral where nobody can go to and it's all virtual, horrible. And, um, and then she gets the, the medical bills, you know, for her husband, her fiance. And, you know, she doesn't have that kind of money. So all of it is like, it's just bad on top of bad. And I think the, the transparency oh. thing is so needed um, as we mentioned before, this is a consumer demand type of world that we are now in. And we, as the patients, are going to drive the physicians and the surgeons to be more transparent. But, you know, you being... Well, we, yeah, well, I think there's, a, there's another side of that that I'm finding out as well, which is there's a subset of patients that really don't care. Mm -hmm. They have a deductible that gets met very early. Let's say they're on an expensive infusion or something that happens. Their deductible is met during the first month of the year in January. Mm -hmm. Then after that, they really don't care what the price is because someone else is paying it. But the problem with that is insurance deductibles are going to get higher. Insurance premiums are going to get higher. Someone's paying for it. It's not that you just swipe your insurance card and then the price just magically disappeared. And so we have to change the mindset. And those people who have, let's call it what was called before a Cadillac plan. That's my, and, my and we have that plan. Yeah. So, but we have to change the mindset of like, oh, well, insurance just takes care of it because that's true. And then what's going to come is all the Cadillac plans are going to become Camry plans and all the Camry <laughs> plans are going to become Pinto plans. And then we're going to be in big trouble. Do they even make Pintos anymore? I always. Say I don't Pinto think so. Pinto. I'm gonna I'm gonna search eBay and Craigslist for one though, because I keep saying Pinto in all the interviews. So that's so funny. I love. I always say Pinto, but that's just showing you know um, our age range because uh, I don't think uh, I haven't seen a Pinto. When was the last time you saw a Pinto? I probably have never seen a Pinto. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how bad of a brand Pinto has. Poor Pinto. Yeah. We should. We're gonna bring it back. Yeah. We're gonna bring it back. <laughs> That should be the RV. It should be a Pinto. Well, uh, no doubt. And and I think that they need to get on board with that too and start producing some uh, RVs fast. Sponsor. Pinto brand should sponsor the RV. Yeah, for sure. I'm afraid they'll think it's Pinto beans though. It's a different, <laughs> it's a different deal. Well, Dr. Hunt, um, I'm really excited about what you're doing. I'm definitely going to reach out to uh, schedule something to come in and do a little tour of sure. the St. Pete location. Um, 
I don't have a plan right now to go to Kentucky, but when you are open uh, in Kentucky, I know, you know, I do, you see my stepson sporting his Kentucky all the time, his mom. Well, I, all I know is I just see all these posts about, please take me to Tennessee, please take me to Tennessee. And, you know, Kentucky's is just a little bit better than Tennessee. Is it? Yeah. Really? Really. My views were fantastic in Tennessee. <laughs> oh, I know. Listen, everything has changed because of this pandemic. The only thing I think about more than, you know, um, maybe my Starbucks coffee every day is those mountains that I was able to see every day in Tennessee and that peace of mind that it brought. So, all right, maybe yeah. one day. We'll see. <laughs> well, Dr. Hunt, thank you so much for joining us today. I can't wait to see those transparent prices being posted on your site. Yeah, they're You'll coming very soon. When they're, when they're available. I'm looking forward. For sure. Thanks, Doc. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to leave a review or share it with somebody you know and care about that would benefit from listening. But more importantly, if you are thinking about advertising your business in the year 2021, sponsoring a podcast is major. 44% of people pay more attention to advertising on podcasts than any other media. And 37% agree that advertising on a podcast is actually the best way to reach them. 70% have considered a new product or service after hearing an ad on a podcast. And I'm one of those people. And this is all according to Edison Research. Don't believe me, believe the research. So if you're interested in sponsoring, give us a shout.